Christmas, everyone. Merry global warming Christmas to you all. I walked in and turned on the air conditioner on Christmas Eve. But um, we are blessed. Amen. Amen. And God bless you for making out time this evening to be here in this place that we might worship the Christ child and to remember that we are loved dearly. So, let me, uh, I'm George Lumpkin, by the way, uh, one of the pastors here, and uh, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. I love preaching at Christmas. I love thinking about the Christmas gospel message. And I want to start, as I often do, with a rhetorical question. Who is Christmas for? Okay? Who is Christmas really for? Uh, you've heard, I know, that phrase, the war on Christmas, right? And it seems to imply that Christmas maybe is just for Christians, right? Uh, all you non-Christians who say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas should just get with the program and say Merry Christmas like the rest of us, or just leave it alone, peace on earth, goodwill to men, and all that other stuff, right? Y'all are not laughing. That's making me worry. So, who's Christmas for? Uh, I have two stories for you tonight. Some of you may have heard me tell these before, uh, but that's okay because Christmas is actually an exceptional time of telling good stories that are worth repeating. So, my first story. Um, when I was, years ago, when I was a seminary student, I went on what was called my Pilgrim Walk to Emmaus. Okay, Walk to Emmaus uh, is a three-day spiritual renewal retreat that starts on Thursday night, ends on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and it's not a walk. It's a sit. Okay, you, you sit for three days. But it is a very powerful spiritual renewal experience for a lot of people. And did I say that I was a seminary student? Okay, I need to point that out because I knew everything. So I was unteachable, okay, because I was a seminary student. And so I went, and I, you know, as the weekend progressed, uh, people are having these wonderful experiences, and they're just growing in Christ, and they're on fire for the Lord, and, and I wasn't. Um, I couldn't turn off the left side of my brain. The, the, I couldn't turn off the critical apparatus, as I call it. Uh, I, I was smarter than them. I was a professional biblical student, and they were amateurs, and so on and so forth, and I didn't get it. And I was overthinking it, and I didn't get it. And so then Sunday night, uh, they had a, a worship service, and, and I'm just, you know, just people were just having these powerful experiences and on fire and excited, and, and, and I wasn't. And so there was a retired pastor on the team, and I went over and I told him about this, and, and he said, uh, well, who do you think you are? <laughs> so what do you mean? He said, who are you to tell God when and how to bless people? I said, well, that's not very pastoral. It did humble me enough that the next morning I was, I was trying to get with the program, but I, I just, I still couldn't. And then on Sunday afternoon, about 2 o'clock, and this was over in Kerrville, uh, they have a closing worship service, 
and and I come walking in, and sitting on the back pew was my pastor from Austin, um, and I was perplexed. That's why I was there. He was trying to get a, a church start going, and I knew Sundays was a, a ten to twelve hour day for him, and blowing and going all day long, and. There he was, 90 miles away, sitting in the pew. And I said, John, why are you here? He said, I'm here for you, idiot. <laughs> and I said, oh, oh. And I, I wanted to raise my hand. I wanted to say, can we start over? Can we go back to Thursday night? Because I, I got it now. Can Is there... A remedial walk to Emmaus for, for people like me. Indeed, I was an idiot. I didn't get it. I didn't get that it was for me. It wasn't about something. It was for me. Again, who is Christmas for? For unto you, say the angels to the shepherds, for you, for you, unto you, this very night, God is doing something incredible right under your noses, forgiveness, redemption, resurrection, life, eternity, sacrificial love, future, new beginnings, all for you. And they believe it. They're not idiots. They really do believe that this could actually be for them. There's no room in the end for Mary and Joseph. No room for them. If they had money, there would be room for them. If they had power, political or military power, there would be room for them. If they had celebrity or fame, there would have been room for them. But they have none of these things. There is no room for them. But an angel told them that God was going to use them to do something world-changing right under the noses of all the innkeepers in the world. That there is room for them, maybe not in the end, but in the kingdom of God and in God's plan. And they chose to believe it. They weren't idiots either. They dared to believe that there was room even for people for whom there is usually no room. Magi are outsiders, Gentiles, foreigners, the wrong group, the wrong religion, the wrong ethnic group. They shouldn't even be in this story. And yet somehow they see that somehow this is also for them. Right under Herod's nose. Good news for all people might just really mean all, including them. And so they fall on their knees. Who is Christmas for? Well, going back to the so-called war on Christmas, which, if I understand, is based on the assumption that the secular world is at war with Christmas, at war with Christianity, somehow trying to do away with a Christmas based on Christ. And if that's what it's about, then let me share a couple of thoughts, okay? First of all, if you think the Lord God of the universe, the creator of everything that is, who's more powerful than the powers of Hades and death itself, can be defeated because somebody wants to say happy holidays <laughs> instead of Merry Christmas, then I want to share a pastoral word with you. 
your God is too small. Okay? Your God is too small. And second, and I think maybe the point, the, the proof that my point is true, is that, well, yes, there is a war on Christmas, and it's been going on for 2,000 years. And no one's ever gotten close to defeating it. The Roman Empire couldn't do away with it. The Soviet Union Empire couldn't do away with it. The French Revolution, just to name a few great, mighty attempts. In Eastern Asia, a lot of parts of Eastern Asia, it used to be absolutely illegal and forbidden to be a Christian. And now Christianity is growing in those places faster than anywhere on the planet. God is not small, impotent helpless or ever defeated. Okay, so third, here's my thesis here. Here's what I'm slowly getting to. The world, I don't think the world's invading Christmas. Okay, my, my thought is that Christmas keeps invading the world. Okay, it's just the opposite. Christmas keeps invading the world with its great story of hope and kindness and forgiveness and redemption and the possibility of transformation. The truth is the secular world loves this story because it has no better story to replace it with. The world loves this story and reimagines it in a thousand different ways. And I'm going to show you how cool I am because I'm going to do something here. Okay. So, I really got to thinking about this, okay? That uh, the, the so-called secular Christmas stories, okay? Let's think about this, okay? The Grinch, right? The Grinch assumes the worst in people and thinks that taking away the commercial aspect, the gift-receiving part, will steal Christmas. But a little girl loves his undeserving, hard-hearted Grinchness into a generous, amazing transition of love and generosity. Can we say born again? Is that not a Bible story? Someone born again to something quite marvelous and different. Okay? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, okay, is regarded as an unwelcome freak. But Santa sees in him leadership potential. Apostle Peter, maybe. Huh? All right, here we go. Um, the Island of Misfit Toys, otherwise known as Seventh Grade. Okay? And here they are. I think that looks kind of like a church. <laughs> that you remember that you are treasured and useful and wanted. That's a gospel story. Okay, Buddy the Elf, who is so happy, people think he's self-delusional. You get that? That happiness must mean you're crazy. People are suspicious of anyone with that much joy. Something has to be wrong with him, right? So, there we go. He won't stop loving his dad 
who's on the naughty list. And of course he's on the naughty list. He's Sonny Corleone of The Godfather, right? So he won't stop trying to love his horrible dad off the naughty list, right? Okay. And um, the Apostle Paul? Now, as an aside, uh, that song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, checking his list and checking it twice to see who's naughty and nice. Uh, children love singing that song, and I think they love singing that song because they know it's not true. <laughs> and that's what makes it fun, right? Kids get Christmas. Kids get that Christmas is not a works righteousness, no free lunch. You only get what you deserve operation. They totally get that it's grace. And there is no naughty list. At least not for kids. There is a naughty list for adults, but we're going to wait till Ash Wednesday to talk about that. Okay? All right. How much time do I have? Okay. I could actually do this all day. A Wonderful Life, right? A story about someone who thinks his life has been insignificant, unimportant, a waste, right? not only realizes that in reality he is treasured, but that he has everything he ever needed all along. Like a story out of the Sermon on the Mount. Right? A Charlie Brown Christmas. A story about a kid that's having an existential crisis <laughs> over the commercialism of Christmas until his friend Linus pulls him back to the center by reminding him of the love of God the Christ child. Okay? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rolling now. I watched this one the other night. The Santa Claus, right? A selfish, smart aleck, narcissistic guy who only thinks about what he should receive becomes the ultimate gift giver. A family man is given an opportunity to see that money and power are meaningless compared to sacrificial love for one another. And then... The born-again aspect of Scrooge is so based on Scripture. Again, they think he's delusional because they understand unhappy. They don't like it, but they understand it. But they don't understand joy, and so they assume something's wrong with him. So obviously, based on the gospel, it hardly needs mention. And really, all of these stories are, are gospel stories reimagined. The world loves this story. Who is Christmas for? Who is Christmas for? My other story is years ago I uh, did a, a pulpit exchange in a little Methodist church in Belfast, Ireland. And it was right after they had signed the peace agreement between the Protestants and the Catholics, the Troubles. And, and everybody was kind of on pins and needles, hoping that it would hold and not fall apart. And I heard all these stories while I was there. I never will forget uh, talking to these two sisters who were in their 20s. And they were talking about when they were kids and they were on a school bus. And all of a sudden the school bus stopped. Somebody ran up to it and they said, get off, get off. And everybody got off and started running back the other way down the street. And when they got about a half a block away, the school bus exploded, barely missing them. And I just, I couldn't imagine what that was like. So, 
one day I got invited to go to this little prayer service. And it was only about a dozen people. It was in an old church down in the, kind of the really bad part of Belfast. And I, we had to have tea, okay? And so I sat across from these two middle-aged people. And the man said, he said, I used to be a Protestant paramilitary, which means terrorist. He said, I used to be a Protestant paramilitary, but then I became a Christian. Whoa. He said, I, I was doing violence and I got arrested and I spent years in jail. And he said, when I got out of jail, I was bitter and angry in this little Methodist church. He couldn't get a job. This little Methodist church hired him to be a custodian. And they just kept loving on him and loving on him and loving on him until he found his heart for Christ. And then the lady sitting next to him, she was a Catholic. And she said, my husband, a, para, a, a Protestant paramilitary jumped out and shot down my husband on the sidewalk in front of me and my kids on our way to church. And she said, you can't imagine the bitterness of my soul, but somehow God rescued me from that. And he and I are going to start a ministry together of healing. Who is Christmas for? Christmas is for bitter, angry, Protestant paramilitaries. Christmas is for young, grieving, widowed wives with small children. Christmas is for those for whom there is never any room. Christmas is for those strange foreigners who come from the East bearing strange gifts. Christmas is for those who, those underpaid, disrespected, ignored farm workers who live out in the fields keeping their watch over their flocks by night. Christmas is for those who no longer believe in new beginnings, only endings. Christmas is for those who feel like they've never fit in. They've never been in some sort of category that the world might call normal. Christmas is for those who keep working harder but keep getting further behind. Christmas is for the bad dads who end up on the naughty list. Christmas is for the Grinches and the Grumps and the Scrooges and the self-absorbed. Christmas is for those who think their lives have no more meaning or purpose or value. Christmas is for the hopeful and for the hopeless, for the believers and the doubters, for the joyful and for the grieving. Christmas is for those who need a really good story to hang on to, to live for, a story so good it seems impossible, and yet you know it happens all the time, a story that the world can't give you, but down in your bone of bones you know you already have it. You already know Christmas is for you. So do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you in the city of David is born someone who can really save you, even from your Scrooge, naughty, list, hard-hearted you, a Savior someone even like me, an idiot, who is Christ the Lord. Amen.